Man, appreciate that. Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much. We got a great show. Oh, we got a great show. No guests tonight. No, 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 no time to waste. No time to fill with fodder like that. It's you and me. We'll take lots of calls tonight. Oh, going to get angry about the Brewers and the Bucks. Not great last night. Not the greatest game. So we're going to do that. Take some calls. BS about the Brewers. It's going to be a blast. But before we get into that, man, it's been a busy week. There's been so much that's gone down this week. I thought maybe we could talk about a former president getting indicted. Eh, a little a little too political. Maybe I don't want to wade into those waters. We're going to leave that. Yeah, you know, we're going to leave that one alone. I want to talk about tech to start the show. Okay, I want to talk about AI. Because that's all the rage these days, isn't it? The race to develop it, but not too fast. We don't want to go too fast with AI. Because, you know, then it could maybe wipe out humanity or something. Anyways, I saw earlier today that the country of Italy is taking a stand against AI. They're banning chat GPT. But for our Italian listeners, of which we have maybe one or two, no fear. I found a new artificial intelligence that we can use. It's called Brewer's GPT. And I'm going to ask it a question here. Okay, so I'm going to type in how many runs will the Brewers score tomorrow and hit send. Sign up for X-Golf today. That's not, that's, not what I, that's not what I asked. How many runs? How many? Okay. Excellent. Well, at least they're consistent. We now have a sports book open in the state of Wisconsin. Pottawatomie. Can you believe that? Yeah. It's about time. In another 50 years, maybe some other things will be legal in the state that should be. Now, I was reading today, they have two temporary locations and 20 kiosks. And if you're familiar with the casino, the kiosks will be located near the former Fire Pit Sports Bar and Grill right off the Skywalk on the property's second level. I found that information from WTMJ. Now, the part that I like most about the sports book is it offers special Wisconsin sports specific bets, bets that we can only understand and we can only get. So I pulled a few of them here, uh, a couple of bets that maybe you might be interested in placing. There is currently a line on an over under for how many times Coach Bud will say better in his next press conference. Yeah, I can bet on that. Only four and a half, five, somewhere in that neighborhood. There's an over-under for how many times Peter Bukowski will tweet at any given day. The juice is, the juice is on the under. He's, he's probably going to hit the over just about every single time. And lastly, my favorite, a squares pool for when Corbin Burns gets traded. Yeah, you can buy a day. You can buy, I'll, take, I'll take the month of July. And... Uh, everyone's personal favorite. You can now live bet when Craig Council is going to pull his starting pitcher. Right in the middle of the game. Fifth inning, baby. Give me that one. And we got a great show. They were very good tonight, and, and we weren't. And uh, credit to them. They put it on us in a big way. And, uh, you know, we'll be better, and we'll come back to work and, um, you know, get after it. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. We'll be better. We just got to be better. We got to be better on defense, better on offense. We just got to be better, and Giannis knows that. Got to be better. That would be money lit on fire. You want to place a wager on over seven and a half times, six and a half times per press conference? Coach Bud is dropping that word. I don't know how many times Peter Bukowski has tweeted today. 
they got to have one sharp odds maker at Potawatomi to get that locked down. There's a lot of tweets being sent out. We need someone real smart setting lines for that thing. Otherwise, Potawatomi's not going to be around very long. Big drive down to Milwaukee. Maybe I'll place a, a bet on when Corbin Burns gets traded. I'm thinking July at this point. Late July, not early. Maybe I can buy the final week in July. Maybe right around the 25th, 26th. Seems like ripe territory for a, a Corbin Burns trade. I won't bet on that. No, I won't bet against my team like that. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Phils. I hope you've had an outstanding day. And I hope your Friday's going well. The weather sucks. It's not going to get better. And the Brewers lost. And the Bucks lost last night. So I guess I hope everything else in your life is going well. Because uh, our sports teams are in the tank as of today. And it's not exactly nice outside. I want to talk Bucks. I want to talk Brewers tonight. I want to talk Packers as well. Because I have something specific that I want to say about the Aaron Rodgers trade. Is that what we call it? Can we call it that? It hasn't happened yet. Can... Can we talk about the potential for an Aaron Rodgers trade? Can we talk about what the compensation might look like? Because I have something that I got to get off my chest. I got really fired up about this last night. And I wrote it down in my phone. I was like, get mad about this tomorrow, too, because we need to talk about this. So at 4.30, I'm going to try to tap into my frustration that I found last night while talking about a potential Aaron Rodgers trade with a buddy. So that's coming up. 4.30, somewhere in there. You can text call the show, 608-796-2558. Twitter at Wisco Grant. Pete and Chip are bringing up a good point, and I will address that, Pete. I need to apologize and accept how wrong I was about the Bucks last night. Pete says, in the history of bad predictions, your Bucks prediction last night was real humdinger. Can't recall someone being more wrong unless you count the guy that said the Titanic was unsinkable. Jesus. And your prediction was likely worse than that as it took the Titanic three hours to sink. Bucks sank in one hour. Jesus, Pete. I was wrong. It happens. I I thought they'd cruise to a W based on vibes and vibes alone. Turns out you need more than vibes to win basketball games. You need fresh legs and you need shots to fall and you need defense. You need a lot of things. You cannot win a game on vibes alone. And that's where I aired last night. And I'll be real. I'll be honest. I turned it off in the third quarter and I got off of Twitter because it was too depressing. I was sad. I didn't want to deal with it. I don't enjoy the Celtics. If you've listened to the show for any length of time, you know that I don't enjoy that team or the way they behave or the act or really anything about them. The way they look, I don't like looking at them. They just annoy me in every possible way that a sports team can annoy me. I did not enjoy last night, okay? And I certainly don't take pride or pleasure in being as wrong about a game as I was last night. My bad. Whoops. I don't know if it's Titanic-level bad, Pete. Let's maybe pump the brakes on that. Let's, like, maybe the Titanic should have pumped the brakes. Boats don't have brakes. You get my point. Maybe kick it in reverse a little bit. Avoid the iceberg. From what I saw and what I heard last night and today on Sports Talk Radio and on Twitter and everywhere else, you hear different voices from different fans. Most Bucks fans seem to be split between two schools of thought today about last night's result, which, by the way, if you didn't see the final score, the final score looks just as bad as the game looked. 140 to 99. That is a 41-point win. Not great. Bucks fans seem to be split between two schools of thought. Number one, Celtics own the Bucks. They've won four of the last five matchups. The Bucks don't match up with them well, don't defend them well, don't manage the three-point line very well. The Bucks are chopped and screwed, and if these two teams meet up in the playoffs, the Bucks are going to lose. 
Okay, so that's one half a Bucks fandom. I'd say that's the smaller crowd. The larger crowd saying things like, the Bucks have played five games in seven days, right? This loss means nothing. Bucks still have the inside track at the one seed. They won't see the Celtics for weeks, months, until the conference finals. If they meet again, who knows? Who knows what happens to the Bucks in the playoffs or the Celtics? Who knows? We don't. We don't know. So in the grand scheme of things, last night's loss means very little. Okay. I seem to be the only reasonable Bucks talker. I've yet to find another one. No offense to anyone else. I just, you're all dropping the ball. So I'll be the one that tells you the truth and I'll be the one that actually breaks down the situation correctly because someone has to. It's both. It's both school of thought one and school of thought two. Both are true, okay? The Bucks are tired. They have played five games in seven days. That is fair. If I was traveling that much, if I was playing that much basketball, I probably wouldn't feel great, okay? The Bucks also failed to show up in a game that was massive. If the Bucks won this game, the one seed is locked. It's done. It's over. And you get a nice confidence-boosting win against a rival, a rival that knocked you out of the playoffs last year, a rival that you will probably see again in the playoffs this year. Bucks failed to show up, and they lost by 41. That's an L, and the Bucks got to wear that. And Bucks fans can wear that as well. Both are true. The Bucks are tired. Yes, they also played like dump. It's okay to admit both things. And I want to talk about both things. Let's talk about the schedule first, okay? It's not just five games in seven days. It's five different cities in seven days. So since last Friday, if we rewind one week from today, the Bucks have played games in Utah, Denver, Detroit, Indiana, and Milwaukee. That's a lot. And you might be thinking, and I've heard lots of fans say this, oh, they have a private jet. Oh, they get to stay in nice hotels. I feel so bad for them. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that they're hitchhiking from town to town. Traveling takes it out of you. Doesn't matter if you're flying first class, boarding planes, get time change, sleeping in a hotel. You don't see your family. You don't see your wife. You don't see your kids. You're not eating food from your kitchen. You're like, it's just, it takes it out of you because it's weird and foreign and you're always on the go. So even if you're eating healthy and you're trying to get as much sleep as you can, it still sucks it out of you. And five cities in seven days is tough. That's tough. I'm not saying it's a human rights violation. I'm saying in the context of playing a basketball game, that is a tough set of circumstances, okay? Utah, Denver, Detroit, Indiana, Milwaukee. That's quite the week, okay? And it's okay to admit that. It's okay to give the Bucks a little bit of a benefit of the doubt because of that. Timing matters. Timing matters a lot. You know the old saying, it's not just about who you play. It's about when you play them. You ever heard that? I don't know who said that first. The first matchup that the Bucks had with the Celtics this year was on Christmas Day. It was in Boston, and Chris Middleton didn't play. Now, I'm not saying the Bucs couldn't have won that game. I don't really remember much about it. I was drinking some Christmas wine, celebrating Jesus' birthday with my family. So maybe some details are slipping past my memory and over my head. But the Bucs were not supposed to win that game. That's not a game that you're supposed to win, especially without your second-best player. There's situations in sports where... One team just isn't supposed to win. Home opener, the home team's supposed to win. They get all the good juju. They get all the good luck. They get all the... That's how it works, okay? Ring night. If a team is hanging a banner and getting their rings from uh, a championship a couple months before, that's a game they're supposed to win. You can chalk that up as a game that the home team is supposed to win. Christmas Day game, Boston at home against rival, that's a game that the Celtics are supposed to win. I don't really hold that against the Bucs, especially without Chris Middleton. 
The second time the Bucs played the Celtics, the Celtics played nobody. It's a weird game. And their bench played really well, and they shot the lights out. But the Bucs probably took their foot off the gas a little bit, knowing that some of the intrigue and some of the competitiveness from that game had been sapped away. So the game got weird and went to overtime. I don't care that the game was close. It's the NBA. Everybody can ball in the NBA. So I'm not taking a ton away from the first matchup. Celtics were supposed to win. I'm not really taking anything away from the second matchup other than the Celtics are deep. And last night, the Bucs draw five cities in seven nights, and the Celtics are desperate off a terrible loss to the Wizards. They are desperate. I've said this before. You can't fake desperation. The Bucs could not fake desperation last night. The Celtics were desperate. They needed it. Now, it got a little uglier, a little hairier than I would have liked, but at the end of the day, it only counts for one loss. I'm not making excuses. I'm trying to explain, right? It's not an excuse. It's an explanation. I'm trying to provide a little context and a little understanding to some of the games against the Celtics and how weird they've been. The extenuating circumstances, the schedule, the location, the injuries. I don't know that the matchups in the regular season this year between the Celtics and the Bucks have been very indicative. Celtics are really good. So are the Bucks. I don't know that we need to say, well, the, the, the Celtics have beat them two out of three times. We'll go back and look when the games were played and who played. Not a whole lot you can take away from it. Now, now that we've talked about timing and we've given the Bucks a little bit of credit, a little bit of benefit of the doubt, all right, we need to hold our team accountable a little bit. They lost by 41 points at home. I don't care if they were playing the best basketball team on planet Earth, which they might be the best basketball team on planet Earth, right? I don't care if they're playing an all-star team. 41 at home is a tough number. I understand they played five games in seven nights, and seven nights, but Chris didn't play the other night. Neither did Joe Ingles. There's being tired, and then there's giving up a 32-9 to run. After the end of the first quarter, the Bucs went, all right, here's the rope. I'm letting go of it. Go off. Go in. I don't care. Bucks fans, we can't and we shouldn't play this loss off as nothing. Playoffs start in two weeks. That's the team you might see in the playoffs. This game doesn't mean nothing. The rest might have been tough. Schedule might have been tough. Celtics are hot and bothered after embarrassing themselves in Washington the other night, but it doesn't mean nothing. Right? The Celtics are a front-running team. And we saw last night exactly how good they can be when you allow them to front-run. You can't let them get comfortable. You can't let them get settled in early. Right? The Celtics are like the Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers, Packers. When things go according to plan and when those scripted plays are hitting, oh, there's nobody better. But if you make one mistake, one turnover, one call goes against you, well, that's, that's just it. That's done. We're no longer going to act like adults. We're no longer going to handle our business and execute. We're going to poop in our pants and whine and piss and moan. And then Jalen Brown's going to get mad at the fans. And Jason Tatum's going to cry and why about every play. And Marcus Smart's going to do something weird. Very Packers in that way. Mercedes Lewis fumbles once. Ah, that's it. We're done scoring. We're done scoring the whole game. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum don't make a couple of shots. Eh, Celtics are all of a sudden a lot easier to beat. But if you let them get out in front, get comfortable, and if you let them hit shots, then they're really tough to beat. Last night is a great lesson on how to not play against the Tatum-Brown Boston Celtics. You got to muck it up. You got to make it ugly for them. You got to make it tough and force them to fight through it. And the Bucs got to figure out a good way to do that because under Coach Bud, the Bucs aren't a quick starting team. They don't start series fast. They typically don't start games fast. They're going to have to start better and faster against the Celtics because that's how you beat them. They're a front-running team. We saw what it looks like when you let them front-run and, and get a quarter-and-a-half head start. It's really tough to reel them back in. They don't deal with adversity well, but if things are going perfectly, Celtics team is a really tough team to beat. 608-796-2558. Take some phone calls after this break.
Take some texts as well. Twitter at Wisco Grant. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. Going to talk Packers here in a little bit. I need to get something off my chest about this Aaron Rodgers business. I'm getting annoyed. Grant's getting upset. We'll t- talk about that in a couple of minutes. You never want to miss the Friday show. You can tweet in at Wisco Grant. You can call and text 608-796-2558. A couple of tweets here. This one is from Bobby Potis, 2024. On my failed Bucks prediction, he says, your Bucks takes already cost us, quote, Iron Man Middleton. Now, I got to push back a little bit on this. I don't know that I ever used the word Iron Man. Could be wrong. If you go back and find the audio on the podcast, I will admit that I'm wrong. I'm not going to go look for it. That seems like a lot of work. Last year, I was reminding Bucks fans to simply appreciate Middleton and his durability when compared to players like Paul George or Bradley Beal or other players that kind of play a two, three combo wing shooting guard. A lot of guys get injured and then Middleton got injured. Don't put that on me. I got to talk for two hours every day. I'm going to say things that aren't right. Jeremy and Scotty says, back it up, Terry, the Titanic's first mate. Yeah, if he would have been the Titanic's first mate, maybe maybe that ship would have reached its destination. Zach and Wisco says, how did five games in seven days get past the commission's office? Wasn't he hell-bent on getting rid of three games in four nights because it was too taxing on teams' players? I don't know. I don't know that the commissioner's office is circling instances where five games in seven days happens. I think the worst part is it's five games in seven or seven city. Hold on. Back it up, Terry. Five, five cities in seven days. Thank you. Jeez. Five cities, seven days. Because if you're playing five games in seven days and four of them are at home because you're on a homestand, well, okay. That's one thing. Because you're not spending what limited off days you have on travel. The problem is when you play five games in seven days in five different cities, your off days are committed to traveling. So you're not really getting to rest and recover as much. Again, I'm simply pointing out the circumstances surrounding last night's box loss. Just because you play in a couple different cities over the course of the week doesn't mean you should get blown out by 41 points at home. They did not handle the Celtics well last night. The Celtics shoot really well from three against the Bucs. Eric Name asked about this last night. He's like, well, why does this happen? And Coach Bud gave an answer. I don't know that it was an informative one, but he answered. Here's the Q&A. Uh, they had 19 threes the first time they played you, 17 the second time, and then 22 tonight. What have they done against you that has been a struggle for you guys from a three-point defense perspective? Um, I mean, they, they execute. Um, you know, they cut hard. They screen hard. Um, they shoot them off the dribble. That's probably the biggest thing. Um, you know, so, um, you know, we got to look at it. We got to find a way to be better against the three-point line. Not really an answer. He said words that sound like an answer. Well, they, you know, they hit shots. They come off screens. Take. It's like someone has a little timer in the back of the room. It's like, all right, bud, you got to fill 15 seconds. Just say words and phrases until you're done and then wrap it up with a nice, we got to be better at the three-point line. <laughs> like, Coach Bud, he doesn't give answers. This is another one. I had to save these clips because I just think they're so funny. 
Eric Name asked him about his defensive choices. Listen to this. Uh, you went with Jay and Wes and no Pat in that first half tonight. Just what do you like about those two guys? And I guess defensively against Tatum and Brown, what do you need to see more of if you see them in the playoffs? Yeah, we got to get more stops. We got to find a way to get them to miss. Um, you know, it's not that complicated. They're making shots. Um, we got to find a way to make them miss. We got to be better. Um, ton of faith and belief and you know everybody you know jay and jay and wes are elite defenders and um you know we're gonna push them uh, we're gonna push the whole group and those guys are gonna push themselves that's that's how the locker room's made um you know they'll learn from this and we'll be better it's like someone has a clock counting down in the back of the room it's like all right 30 seconds just fill it with words and names and phrases <laughs> coach fun imagine just speaking to speak to fill time and and waiting until the moment you can be done talking and, and just trying to say as little as possible. And is the phone ringing? No. Any more clips I can play? No. What is it? 426? 430? <laughs> I'm not Coach Bud. I have plenty to say. I'm not just running down the clock between now and 6 o'clock. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm very much present and engaged with what's going on here. One thing I got to say, a PSA, something that I got to say about the Bucks, which I will get to. After we talk to Cone Roller, who has just called in, that's a tease. 608-796-2558. Cone, what's up? Grant, I would never miss a Friday show, so here I am. I knew you wouldn't. Happy Friday. Fins up, by the way, as well, fellow Parrothead. Thank you, thank you. Um, so where do you stand on the Bucks game from last night? Are you putting a lot of stock, a little stock? Are you buying? Are you selling? And what are you doing? I am of everybody on my left you have a lot of bucks fans who are like well they played in five cities in seven days and i'm like that is true and i agree with you guys and then on my right there's other bucks fans who are like you can't get blown out by 41 at home what a bad look and bad for fives going to the playoffs i'm like yeah that's correct as well i'm right in the middle right i a little bit of both i I also like there's this element to a cone i don't want to blow out the celtics now lock down the one seed and then coast for the next two weeks. Like, I don't want to peak too early and wrap up things too early. So maybe that's a, a blessing in disguise. A bad loss like this, it gets in the head of our players and then they get pissed and then they stay locked in until the playoffs start. There's no coasting. Yeah, middleman grants. What do you know? I'm shocked. Shut up. That's the correct take and you know it. What, what do you want me to say? That the game, that the game means nothing because they were in Utah last week? That's not true. And it doesn't mean everything because they're not going to play the Celtics if they play them at all again for another month, month and a half. And a seven-game series, completely different setting. Middleman, don't hit me with that. But, but doesn't it make you concerned that most likely we're going to be playing Boston and six out of the last seven games, they've blown our doors off? Does that make you concerned at all? Or are you putting no stock into a series without Middleton and everything that happened this um, regular season. I think, I think, and this is going to, you're going to think I sound like a loser here, Cone, because I know you. Just just bear with me. I actually think the Bucks without Middleton last year fared pretty well until game seven when they just ran out of gas. Like, they would have won in game six had Tatum not gone nuclear. That was the last time he went off. Like, Tatum had one amazing game post-first round against the Nets, and it happened to be in Milwaukee in game six. I was like, oh, come on. I, I thought they were fine. And talk to Celtics fans or listen to Celtics people. They're like, we were terrified of Giannis, that whole series. That Bucks team beat us up. Like, that was a tough nut to crack. I think that matters. And also, Cone, I still believe that this team can get the one seed. So if they play the Celtics again, the Celtics are going to be coming off of a series playing the Sixers, and I think that's a game that could really beat up both teams. So you got to keep that in mind as well. Like, the Bucks should be, in theory, better rested, 
played fewer games, not as beaten up, so they're getting the Celtics at, at a better spot if they meet up again in the conference finals. Yeah, that's true. But then you kind of get into the rust versus rest debate. Like, <laughs> if the Bucks, you know, win their second-round series 4-0 and uh, Celtics Sixers go to best of seven, I mean, the Bucks are going to be off an extra week, week and a half compared to the Celtics, who, if they win, are playing their best ball. So, you know, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Before, yes. I don't think you want too early last year last year's playoffs is a good example like I think the Celtics were better than the Warriors but the Celtics went through a battle with the Bucks right that was a war in round two and I think that made it harder on them in the conference final they were way better than the Heat but I think they were so beat up from seven games against the Bucks that it took them an extra game or two against Miami they almost they almost lost in game seven on a buzzer beater and they were so beaten up after round two and then so beaten up after the conference finals that by the time they got to the actual finals against the Warriors they were just they were cooked. Like, I think the Celtics were better than the Warriors, but the Warriors, I think, were better rested. So we're talking about rust versus rest. I, I get it. I also think that trying to project what might happen in the playoffs in two months is is futile. Like, the playoffs are so long. There's so much that's going to happen. Lots of wins, lots of losses. We need to kind of chill and, and tap the brakes with anything too crazy, I think. Yeah, I would say my kind of final resting spot on the game and just the season with the Celtics Um is I'm not where you are in the middle. I'll actually put my chest out there for a take. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned, honestly, facing the Celtics. I think they elevate to another level when they play the ball. They do. They hit like everything. Al Horford looks 20 years younger. Uh, Grant Williams, lest we forget what happened last year. And, you know, people, a lot of Bucks fans who I eternally hate are saying, oh, we didn't have Chris Middleton last year. But, you know, the Celtics, they didn't have Robert Williams. And I'm not here to say that Robert Williams and Chris are on the same level because Mm -hmm. Chris is a lot better. Mm -hmm. But just for the dynamic of a team, I think Robert Williams adds a ton to the Bucs. I mean, he's or to the Celtics. He's another Giannis defender option. Mm -hmm. And this kind of brings that whole defense together. So, I don't know. I think the the take of, oh, well, we'll have Middleton this year is, is hollow. They will, and that will help, but maybe somebody else gets hurt, right? Maybe there's other extenuating circumstances. I I just don't like putting something in pen and making assumptions about a playoff series that is going to happen in two months, right? We we got a lot of ground to cover before we get there. Before I let you go, Cone, uh, are we throwing a bag of money at Hunter Dickinson? I see he's in the transfer portal, and I know you're in Chris McIntosh's ear, you and some other boosters, uh, former Badgers or Badger alums. Can you give us anything on that situation, the transfer portal? Well, first, to say you never put anything in ink, you probably put everything in pencil because you are a middleman, mm-hmm. so you can always change it if you need to. And secondly, I do not want this program to even sniff Hunter Dickinson. Let that guy go out there and rock. All right. Well, make that clear to Chris and your other boosters. You'll cut him off. No money if it's going to Hunter Dickinson. I'm throwing all the money at Greg Gard. Let's go. I love that. Have, have a good rest of the show, Grant. Have a great weekend. And, you know, put your chest out there every once in a while. Oh, my God. Fins up, Cone. Appreciate you. Have a good weekend. 608-796-2558. This is not, and I, I, know, what, I know what Cone's saying. I know, it's, I know it's a real pain in the butt thing for the sports guy to be like, well, the truth is somewhere in the middle. In this scenario, in this situation, it is. I will put my chest out in, in a different way. 
and I will put my chest out, not towards one side of a take or another, but I will put my chest directly at you. You who are listening right now. Yeah, you. All right? Casual Wisconsin sports fan, hardcore Wisconsin sports fan. Maybe you're a big Packers fan, big Brewers fan. Maybe you kind of casually watch the Bucks. I need to let everyone know how to watch NBA this time of year. Okay? Let me climb up on my soapbox. Let me put my chest out, as Cone said. I watch a lot of NBA basketball, and I have for a long time, relative to how long I've been alive. I don't miss playoff games. The NBA playoffs are my favorite thing. I don't miss many regular season games. I certainly don't miss playoff games. All three rounds, the finals, I'm watching every game, even if it's on replay. Let me tell you guys, y'all got to calm down. Take a deep breath. (sighs) It's nice, isn't it? It's March 31st, okay? I looked up the schedule today. The NBA finals start. They start. They begin on June 1st. That is... Two full months, we got all of April, we got all of May, and then the finals start, and then that's two more weeks. I know it's corny to say, hmm, it's a marathon, not a sprint, but it is a marathon, not a sprint. It is two points, Father Pat. It is a marathon and not a sprint. And after this next break, we're going to revisit the Bucks 2021 run because I have some examples that I need to show you from a long playoff run in which lots of things will go down. I figured we might hear from this guy today. Uh, this is uh, our friend... Uh, from 95.7 The Rock. Big Celtics fan. Hello, Simpson. Clear-headed, alcohol-free on a Friday afternoon. Grant Bills ready to drop some science on that ass about them Celtics, baby. 41 points. Bucks going down. Going to lose that number one spot. They're going to lose in Philly. Celtics are going to win out. It's going to be beautiful. And then you guys are probably not even going to make it past the first round of the playoffs. You got Giannis with two sore knees. They're bums. They're out of here. Get out of here. Bucks are done. Celtics got the Wizards again? Who you guys got? I'm pulling up the schedule right now. Oh, you don't? Got everybody. We're playing Philly. We're only out on the road for one more game and the next five, and then it's playoff city, baby. Playoff city. That actually does worry me. You guys being at home, a lot of slurs being thrown from that crowd. That's an edge that you can't really get anywhere. Oh, my goodness gracious. Look at you going for the cheap pop. I have Going for the cheap pop. Unbelievable. Oh, Grant, you're better than that. If you're going to be a successful sportscaster, you can't go for the cheap pop. Hello, McWilliamie. You can't do that. Come on. Did you see uh, one thing? This isn't related to Boston. Did you see the Angels player, Anthony Rendon, that grabbed the fan around the the shirt collar at the fence last night and took a swing at him because the fan apparently called him the B-word? Yeah, the guy was calling him out, and uh, i got to be honest, uh, this this trend is really getting on my nerves. The whole Kyrie Irving thing, kicking people out, you know, because he said my name, and then he goes over there and he's like, say it again to my face. And it's like, dude, I just paid like ten grand to sit courtside, and you're acting like a little baby. Of course, we wouldn't expect anything more from Kyrie Irving. But yeah, there was another guy that just did it last week. Is funny. Was, was it Russell Westbrook, maybe? A lot like, of guys do. I hate it. I, I hate the look of the NBA player, like, like a mom at, at daycare, like pulling the ref over to the sideline and pointing out someone. Him, he he won't stop. Right, you know, making right. it funny. I I hate it. I'm with you. I and I I get it. Like I've been to basketball games. I've been to baseball games. I've been to playoff games. I've been to football. I've been to a lot of games in my lifetime, and I've heard some fans say some really heinous things to people, uh, you know, on the field or whatever. And obviously, if you're sitting courtside, you're close to the action, they can probably pick up what you're saying. They can hear it. But kicking fans out, you know, is just such a bitchy move. They pay their hard-earned money. They pay, they pay the salary. And, again, I, I 
I'm not surprised that you have uh, animosity towards Kyrie Irving. You guys didn't really see eye to eye with him in Boston, so I understand. I just think the guy's a lunatic. I don't. I mean, whatever. His time in Boston is what it, it is exactly what I expected it to be. But the guy's just a like a, a, a nut job, and I can't believe that we allow this guy to like go out there and ruin all these teams. And it's just it's crazy to me. It's like, come on, man. I, it's uh, yeah. WrestleMania this weekend, Simpson, or you WWE guy? I might go to a WWE oh. party. Not current, but former. I'm the 90s and 80s WWE guy that back in my day kind of thing, I have no idea who's wrestling. I think there's a Cody Rhodes and there's a uh, Roman Reigns and there's a Sami Zayn or Billy Zane or I don't know. There's some guy with yellow hair. Um, but I don't know. For my money, it doesn't get better than the Attitude Era. So, I don't know. Bags is having a party, but it's like 5.30 on Sunday, dude. I, that's bedtime for me, man. I get up at 2 in the morning. Yeah, you're lame. You got to go. I don't know. You got to get up early and yell about Boston sports or whatever it is you do. I got to take a break, Simpson. I, I'm glad to hear from you today. Thank you for the call. Grant Bill, shave your mustache. It's really weird. Uh, I don't think I will. Uh, Brian Simpson, 95.7 The Rock, everybody. I had to go for the low-hanging fruit. It's, like, it's hard to win in Boston. Slurs flying around all the time. If slurs fly on, by the way, on Boston Sports Radio. Every other week, I see a blog post. It's like, oh, this producer at EII or Sports Hub got... Suspended for using this inappropriate word. It's like, oh, shocking. Knock me over with a feather. Five-minute break. We're back. Talk just a couple more minutes about the Bucks. I also want to talk about the Packers and the Brewers tonight. So a lot of ground to cover between now and 6 o'clock. Never miss a Friday show. Don't go anywhere. Wreck in five minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports Show. Coming up after 5 o'clock, I want to talk Packers. Some Brewers thoughts as well. I guess baseball thoughts, to be more precise. Because the Brewers didn't exactly give us a whole lot to talk about yesterday. I do think yesterday's game is a good example and a good case study for the new rules in Major League Baseball. But unless you want to talk about how impressive it was to see Bryce Terang beat out a ground ball and score, or not score, but get to first base. Okay, I guess that was nice. Don't get me wrong. But that's about it. So we'll talk about the game on a macro level, a big picture level. 608-796-2558. Good to hear from Cone Roller. We talked to our friend Simpson, who does the morning show on lacrosse on 95.7 The Rock. Big Boston guy, very boisterous. Most Boston fans are. I'd be boisterous after yesterday, too. They beat the Bucks by 41 points. I'm telling Bucks fans to relax. Okay. Watch a lot of NBA. I watch the entire NBA playoffs every year. If I miss a game, I watch it back on replay because League Pass lets you do that. This time of year, League Pass doesn't have a lot of utility because half of the league isn't trying to win. And obviously, there's only two weeks left in the season or so. So you squeeze those dollars out of the NBA. You paid for League Pass. I am going to watch some playoff games on replay if there's more than one on at once. I watch all these games. Take it from me. The playoffs are long. They're really long. Really long. The finals don't start until June 1st. It's March 31st as we sit here today. Okay, so if you go back and look at the Bucks' run in 2021, you know when they won the title, unlike the Celtics, who uh, really won a lot in the 80s when the league was terrible, but since then really haven't done a damn thing. Uh, I guess they won with a super team in 2008. No one refers to them as a super team, but they were a super team. How could anyone in blue-collar, hardworking Boston? Oh, it's not a super team. It was a super team. Anyways, the Bucks 
2021 title run. Let's go back and look at some of the moments that title run. Round one against the Miami Heat. Game one went to overtime. Okay, and I wouldn't say that that was a catastrophe, but it was an inauspicious start. I think I said that correctly. Inauspicious. I think I'm using that word correctly. It was not an auspicious start. I don't know. Bucks fans were like, man, we needed OT and a Chris Middleton buzzer beater to win. And by the way, they, they won the next three games by margins of 34, 29, and 17. Four-game sweep after a close game one. Round two against the Brooklyn Nets. They lost game one and then lost game two by a margin of 39. So what the Bucks did last night, they did in the playoffs in game two. And Bucks fans were like, it's done. It's over. We're going to fire Bud. Not feeling any sort of confidence, right? Then they won four of five, twice at Barclays, once in game seven. In overtime, worked out okay. Round three against the Hawks, lost game one. Catastrophe. And then they bounce back in two and three, and then Giannis explodes his knee in game four. That was a catastrophe. We thought not only was the season over and the playoff run over, we thought that the future of the Bucks franchise maybe was forever changed, forever altered. Then they went on to win the series in six. Middleton was brilliant. They go on to the finals, fall behind 0-2. You want me to keep going? They went to the finals. They were down 0-2, and they came back to win. I don't revisit and, and remind you of what happened in the playoffs in 2021 to say that losses don't matter or that the Bucks always fall behind. Now, losses do matter, and sometimes the Bucks will fall behind. My point is that the playoffs take like three months. Like it's a different season. We're about to wrap up the NBA regular season and start a new season, a new sport almost. Seven-game series, seeing the same team every other day, once out of three days, and it's going to take forever. And there will be losses. There will be ugly losses, guaranteed. There are going to be losses that you're tempted to think, "Uh, there's no way they can win a title. There's no way they can win the series. And they very well may, because that's how the playoffs work. There's so many games, so many off days, so many travel days, So many series, so many moments. Calm yourself, okay? Relax a little bit and keep the big picture in mind. And always remember and always remind yourself, it's not going to be easy. Even teams that have gone on to win titles, like the Bucs two years ago, you go back and you look at their run through the postseason, it's like, oh, there's a moment where you almost maybe thought it was done. There's a moment where you thought, there's no chance. There's a moment where where the sky was falling, there was a moment like that in just about every series. That was in the postseason. The Bucs went on to win the finals. Like, I didn't feel great after game one against the Heat. Didn't feel good against the Nets. Three or four different games in that series. Like, oh, man, I don't know if they can do this. Against the Hawks, they go down on one, and then Giannis gets hurt. A lot of ups and downs. It's not easy. Even for the best teams that win titles, it's not easy. Unless you're talking about Kevin Durant and the Golden State Warriors. Those are pretty easy. They didn't lose a whole lot of games. <laughs> that, that worked out pretty well. But in 2018, like you even look in 2018, LeBron dropped 51 in game one, put a scare into the Warriors. Even the greatest team I've ever seen had a scare, had a moment at the very least. It's never easy. Let's talk to David Middleton before we take our last break of the hour. 608-796-2558. What's going on, Dave? Yeah, uh, thanks for the uh, objective and... Uh correct i believe uh reset for that bucks game i'm trying i'm trying that was a horrible loss don't get me wrong but we can relax a bit no it won't but you got all the points there and i I think um 
I saw the score. I didn't get to see the game or listen to it, but I thought, what the hell happened here? And um, you're right. You know, things are going to go up. Things are going to go down. Uh, next uh, playoffs is the second season, and um, would have been nice if the Bucks had uh, performed last night. They didn't. Uh, maybe that's uh, nice that they got it out of their system. I also think that the way this team is wired, Dave, and the way that Giannis works and Drew, I honestly think this will make them mad. Like, the Bucks play again. When do they play next? They play, I think yeah. it's tomorrow, Saturday night, right? They play tomorrow night. So yeah, I think I think this will recharge them just a little bit. I think this will focus them in, lock them in, and I think they'll be better the next two weeks for this. I'm not saying this is a positive. I'm, I'm just trying to make chicken salad out of a, you know, a really tough loss in a tough situation. Well, I think uh, following up from that comment, uh, the best way to deal with a bully like Boston that's whiny uh, to begin with is come out and punch him in the mouth. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what they have to do. Um, and I'm looking forward to uh, having a beatdown against the Boston Celtics if it, when they actually play. I'm hoping so too, Dave. i got to take a break, so I'm going to let you go. Have a great weekend. You too. Dave from Middleton. Appreciate you, Dave. And, and Dave, punching him in the mouth, I think you, you make a great point. It's something that I talked about a, about a half hour ago. Boston's a front-running team, right? They're a high-flying offense. They're a little immature, right? They rely on shot-making to a degree. And if you let them get out in front and the shots are falling and it feels easy for them, they're really tough to beat because they're not going to get in their own way. If you frustrate them a little bit and, and you make life difficult on them and the shots are falling... Well, then they'll kind of start eating themselves. They'll bitch and whine about every call. They won't get back on defense. It's great, but the Bucks really aren't a team that starts fast. That's not a great element in this matchup because you can't let Boston start fast, but Milwaukee never wants to start fast. I think that's part of why the Bucks and the Celtics and, and their games have kind of gone this way over the last two years. The Celtics have gotten the Bucks a lot more than the Bucks have gotten the Celtics. Although some of those games, no Middleton, some of the games have been in weird circumstances. That's why you got to take a 10,000-foot view on all this. Be patient and understand that even teams that win titles are going to have lots of ugly losses, losses that will make you think, oh, it's done. Oh, they don't have a chance. And then fast forward three weeks later, we're not thinking about the net series anymore. We're not thinking about the Hawks. We're not thinking about the Celtics. Three minutes, we'll come back and wrap up hour number one of the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Wrapping up our Bucks conversation. They lost last night and it sucked. And of course, there's parts of a game like that are concerning. Celtics are really good and they can beat anybody, including the Bucks, of course. The Bucs have shown they can't really slow down Boston's three-point shooting. And Tatum and Brown have gotten loose against them. I can guarantee you that Celtics fans are also saying, yeah, but come playoff time, God, that Giannis guy. Oh, my God. What Giannis did against them, even in a series loss last year without Middleton, was really, really impressive. So flush last night's loss. Move on. See how the next week or, or so goes. Getting the one seed and forcing Boston and Philly to play each other in round two, massive. So that becomes the Bucks' number one priority. And if they need to overextend themselves just a little bit in the next week or two, maybe a little bit more than they'd like, then I'm down for it. I'm 100% down for it. Giannis went on 
Good Morning America this morning? Did I miss this? What's on CBS? Is that... No, Good Morning America's ABC. Whoa, is it CBS This Morning or, or whatever it is? And he was talking about wanting to stay in Milwaukee and how important Milwaukee's been to him and this and that. I just found a tweet from Bloomberg. I don't know if they caught up with him. Looks like they're at the New York Stock Exchange. The tweet says, when Milwaukee Bucks superstar Giannis Antetokounmpo first moved to the U.S. at age 18, he didn't mess around with the FDIC's coverage limit. The two-time NBA MVP says he opened five, six, or seven bank accounts just to protect his money. <laughs> and I watched this little interview they did with him. They He's talking about how I, I said, you know, is my money safe? Is it protected? Because they didn't have any money. And they go, yep, up to $250,000. So he's like, okay, we'll all spread it around between all these different accounts and banks. That way, if they all go under, I'm protected. Uh, it reminds me of literally my favorite tweet that I've seen in the last two months. Nobody on Twitter has topped this, and it will take a lot for someone to top this. When the Silicon Valley bank went down, uh, that own a BAM account was tweeting about it and how maybe Mark Atanasio uh, lost some money on crypto the same way Buck's ownership did. And he said, no, 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 it's, it's probably fine. Mark's probably fine. Remember, money is insured up to $250,000. Which is saying, Mark is poor. Mark doesn't have any money. <laughs> the best tweet that's been sent on this website in the last two months. You find me a better tweet, I'll call you a liar. Let's take a two-minute break. We'll get a Wisconsin Sports Zone Network update with our friend Zach Heilprin. We'll talk Packers, a little bit of Brewers. Last hour of the Wisco Sports Show for the week. Coming up next. intro we want this one they were very good tonight and, and we weren't and uh credit to them they put it on us in a big way and uh you know we'll be better and we'll come back to work and um you know get after it this is where wisconsin gathers to talk sports packers brewers badgers bucks the wisco sports show is on the air now here's your host grant bills There we go. What is this, amateur hour? Get our audio organized back here at studio headquarters a little bit. I got a Greg Gard intro. I got a Coach Bud intro. I got a Neil Diamond intro that's looming. You know, a week from Monday. Be prepared for that. The greatest showman on earth. A week of Wisconsin sports talk inspired by the greatest showman to ever grace the stage. Neil Diamond. I'd say his middle name, but I do not know it. Look it up really quickly on Google. Neil Leslie Diamond. That's a kick-ass name. All sorts of intros. I'll get the Neil intro ready. Less than two weeks away from the start of Neil Diamond. Damn. Damn. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. The spirit of Neil always lives on the show, but especially in two weeks. We really fire up. Neil Diamond week. You can call Texas show. I want to get into the Packers a little bit in the second hour. A little bit of Brewers as well. They lost yesterday. And while we don't have much to discuss with the Brewers because the game was so boring and they didn't give us anything to discuss, we can take a macro approach and talk about the new rules of baseball and especially how those new rules manifested in the Bucks brewers game or the Cubs-Brewers game, excuse me. Because I think that game is a great example of what Major League Baseball is trying to fix in the modern game. It was games like yesterday's game. So we'll talk about that as well. 608 796 Heck, 
Hector is in Alaska. Good evening, Hector. What's up? Oh, no. Is this not Hector? Who is this? I'm sorry. I bricked this. This is my bad. Oh, hi. Oh, I thought I was. I thought I was listening to Hector. I was going to listen to Hector. For oh, a is that you, Mike? Sorry, Mike. I've done this Mike, twice. Mike. Uh, cool. How are good. You? How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm embarrassed good. that I got your number on, but we pushed yeah, on. That's all right. Yeah, the, the vagaries of cell phones and stuff. I suppose you love it. No, it's, 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 it's fine. I, I messed up the intro. I messed up your your introduction. Mike at Chippewa Falls. Yeah. He deserves better than this. Mike at Chippewa Falls. What's going on, Mike? <laughs> Well, a couple of things. Lately, I've noticed a disturbing trend the last couple of weeks. Oh. Callers are going after you, and I'm uh, I'm going to tell them to knock it off because I'm, you know, like I said, I'm still a pretty tough guy. They're going to, I'm going to kick their asses. Don't you um, think we need a little, a little healthy back and forth, a little pushback every once in a while? <laughs> yeah, but you're like the nicest guy in the radio. How could they possibly go after you? Oh, I can get a mean streak. No. Don't cross me now. <laughs> yeah. Um, a couple things. Um, first of all, the Brewers game yesterday. I would not have started Corbin Burns in that weather, in that environment. I would have waited till the the Brewers home opener because what if you? They ran the very real risk of getting him injured in that cold weather. Um, I wouldn't have done it. I would have just had everybody to swallow your pride and just wait until you know, and then you know, playing in the toilet like Wrigley, uh, Wrigley Field. Um, mm, words. I would have done that. Would you have started Wade Miley? Yeah, why not? <laughs> Anybody. They should have done a bullpen day. Craig Council used to do those, and he was actually pretty successful That would have it. been such a middle finger to opening day of Major League Baseball. It's cold, so we're going to throw Wade Miley yeah. to Adrian Hauser to, well, I don't know, that, who else. That's what, you get for, that's what you get for scheduling a game in March and Wrigley Field. They shouldn't give them the middle finger. Tell so MLB is, to screw it up. Is the thought process, Mike, that they want the iconic venue? Do they want Wrigley on TV on opening day? Is that what that's about? Because I... I get it a little bit. You want your best venues, your historical venues, but it'd be a lot easier to play it inside where it's warm. Yeah, I think good baseball trumps venues. But, um, yeah, I I don't know. Wrigley Field. I, I, I haven't been to Wrigley Field since, like, 1976. And there was a toilet then. I'm sure it's as big a toilet now. Probably hasn't. <laughs> That's part of the charm. <laughs> I, I was there last summer. I, I think it's cool. I It's not the nicest. But then again, like, don't you feel the same way about Lambo? Lambo's not the nicest, comfiest you know, uh, best equipped stadium. It, it doesn't, you know, measure up against U.S. Bank or some of these other stadiums with the concessions right. and all the nice things, but it's cool, right? That's what it has going for it. It's true. And I, I do love, I used to really follow the history of baseball and all the way back to turn of the century. And, uh, you know, I do like things, I do like the historical aspect, so that's fine, but it could have been just as historical and cool and, you know, a couple of weeks from now when the weather is decent. Um, and, uh, and then the, the Bucks. Thing. I, I don't follow the NBA at all, but I, I feel bad for all the folks that were just devastated yesterday. But it's regular season. And have you ever tried sleeping in a hotel room? Like, let's say you go on vacation, your first night in a hotel. I don't sleep. I maybe sleep two hours, oh, three hours. Like, I, These I, guys did five different, you're, five you're different cities. Um, here. You're, I, you go camping, I'm not sleeping. All right? If we go on a road no, trip, oh, sleep in the car. No, I won't. Okay, we'll sleep on the plane. Yeah, no. fat chance. Sleep in a hotel? Well, I don't have <laughs> my things. I need my things to sleep well. Okay, I need... I need my blanket. I don't sleep with a sheet. I, I go straight to the blanket. I like the, oh. I like the comfy. I know if I sleep under a sheet, Weird. I feel like I'm sleeping under parchment paper. I feel like I'm I'm oh. cookie dough that's been put in the fridge overnight with a piece of paper <laughs> over me to be popped in the oven in the morning. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. So no, I I'm with you. Five yeah. cities in seven nights. It's a lot of travel. It's a lot of hotels. Yeah. 
I have to have a fan in my room to sleep, you know, cover up noise. I'm a world's lightest sleeper. Yeah. So, um, also, it, it is the regular season, the Bucks regular season still. I mean, you'll, you'll ramp up for the playoffs. It's, it's so they laid a turd. Everybody lays a turd once in a while. And just, I think they'll get over it. They're professionals. They've been doing this for a while. And Giannis will cuff them in the head and tell them to straighten out. It, they'll be fine. Yes. I believe that. And, and that's, that, that's why I love this team is I think they're going to take a loss last night and, they're going to use it as fuel. Like they're going to be angry, which I like. They got the most. Yeah, they got the most mature player of basketball on their team. To be honest, you'll. And I... yes, boy, that that Simpson guy wouldn't have knocked just turd he is. Yeah, you should listen to his morning <laughs> show sometimes. You get a kick out of him. Uh, well, ninety-five point seven. They right? Is that what it was? Ninety-five seven. The Rock. The Rock. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it is a good station. I do. You know, it's oh, in it's Lacrosse. Great. So. I used to travel south a lot. I used to listen to it all the time in the car, but uh, when I was working, but uh, I haven't heard him for a while. But uh, no, I just uh, got to come on to yelling and screaming about his his Boston Celtics. Well, nah. you know that's that's what those East Coasters do. <laughs> they got to make it everybody else's problem. Those coastal elites uh, like Simpson up in his it's ivory true. tower. What do you got before I let you go, Mike? What do you got going on this weekend? Anything interesting? Um, actually, no. I might watch the final. I don't really watch a lot of basketball. I might watch the final four tomorrow. Yeah. I got some craft beers I can test out while I'm watching. Oh, so. Yeah, have a great weekend, Mike. I'm glad to hear from you. And sorry for yeah. getting your number wrong. I got it. Thank you. No, that's okay. Thanks a lot. Talk to you later. You as well. Have a great weekend. That's not okay. It's not going to be better. It's going to be better. You know, for everyone who's like, the Bucks will get ramped up for the playoffs. They'll flip the switch in the play. The Bucks don't need to flip a switch. They don't need to ramp up. They're eleven and three. Actually, they were eleven and three in March last year. Thank you, StatMuse, for giving me the incorrect stat. The Bucks. Let me see here. I'm gonna go off the dome. They have won. Let me see. Where's March? We're gonna count the wins in March. And this is the Celtics record. Really good job, Grant. Good on air. Can we just give me a round of applause? I just wanted the the uh, Bucks record in March, and I went to StatMuse. And I got their record from last year, March 2022. So I said, you know what? We're going to do this the old-fashioned way. Let's count the wins. Let me open up this tab. And I had the Celtics schedule open. So can we just, by the way, appreciate how great of a job I'm doing today at having numbers at the tip of my finger ready to go? Like, let's just all recognize how great I am. Like, yeah, this is why most radio hosts have a producer grant. And that's today's tailgate tip. Also, that sound effect makes no sense in this setting. Yeah, Matt Bush here. That's even worse. He didn't even pitch yesterday. Twitter, at Wisco Grant. You can text and call 608-796-2558. Let's talk about the Brewers a little bit before we get into the Packers. We can wrap up the show with the Packers. So the bummer about yesterday and the bummer about opening day, at least for the Brewers, we didn't get anything. There's no meat on that bone. Right, like sometimes I'll watch a Brewer game and I'll be like, oh my God, I can't wait to go on air because I can't wait to talk about Craig Council's decision to do this. And I can't wait to talk about this at bat from Willie Adamas and how he really did a good job here. And then this reliever came in and, oh my God, did you see that play in left field? And then this weird fan jumped onto the fan. That changed the timing of the game. And then there was a weather delay, right? All these things to talk about. And then sometimes you'll watch a Brewer game like yesterday and you're like, what even, what, what happened? What, what happened? I watched the whole game could I think of one thing that happened? Bryce Terang scored on an infield hit. Um, the National Anthem was good, I guess. There's not a lot to discuss from yesterday's game, at least for the Brewers. Right? And I don't know about the Cubs. I don't know what Cubs fans are saying. On a macro level, the 10,000-foot view 
some would say, if we look at this game as a baseball game, forget the Brewers, forget the Cubs, and and try to think like Rob Manfred, like what would Rob Manfred see while watching this game? He would see a game that's boring as dirt, right? All of the runs were scored in one inning. I don't think Cubs fans had a blast yesterday either. They won, which is great, but it's not like this was some white-knuckle game that you couldn't look away from. It was 4 to nothing, and all four runs were scored in one inning. There were no home runs, no massive extra base hit in, in, in a late inning where the crowd was on us. No. And in a 162-game regular season, you're going to have games like yesterday. The game just kind of sucked. Not really any offense. Not really any excitement. Nothing. It was kind of just nothing. Right? And sometimes that happens. It doesn't mean anything's wrong with baseball. You play 162 games that are not all going to be tremendous. They can't all be first-round picks, right? The new baseball rules, in my opinion, target games like yesterday. When they install the pitch clock and when they put in measures to speed up the game, they're targeting games like yesterday. They're like, oh, that random March game where nobody's doing anything and all the runs are scored in one inning, that game doesn't need to take three hours. Let's speed that up. 220 is fine. We'll get on to the next day. Right Now, there's still going to be plenty of games that go back and forth and they're electric and exciting and high leverage moments. And I don't think the pitch clock will change those types of games. But yesterday's game was going to suck. Old rules or new rules. So we might as well move it along. Okay? Might as well speed it up. I think the pitch clock is a saving grace in a game like yesterday's game. And then I think in other games, we won't even think about it because we'll be focused on, oh, all the runs that are being scored. Or, oh, my gosh, this pitcher's got a no-hitter going into the sixth or the seventh. Let's talk to Ed Madison, 608-796-2558. Ed brought us some great Bucks takes earlier this week. What's going on today, Ed? Happy Friday. Hey, happy Friday to you, too. Um, yesterday's game, to me, for Brewer Baseball was a nothing burger. It was no juice. I think there's, I don't know if there's a lot of juice about the Brewers in our area. It's been so inundated with Packer talk, or should I say Rogers talk. It just becomes, yeah. and then the basketball, UW basketball talk. It's just. No one's getting. I don't. I'm not excited about the Brewers right now, and I really do. I think playing in cold Wrigley Field was like you leave the warm comforts of Arizona, and then you go to Chicago. That's sort of like a sock to the old warmth comfort zone. No, there was no comfort. I don't even know what the temperature was at uh, Wrigley yesterday. Forty. 30s, the wind blowing in, like, wind I think blowing it was 40, out. 40, a little bit of breeze. You know, they call it the Windy City. There, there was definitely some breeze there, Ed. Yeah, you know, my, my daughter just came back from Arizona, and she got a cold, and she said as soon as she got off the airplane, she's freezing her butt off. And she was only there for seven days. These guys were there for a lot longer. So your blood gets thinner. So, you know, I just... I. I just don't think they were that enthused about playing at Wrigley. And, you know, we notoriously don't do well in opening games. And look what happened last year. We, we started out really bad, didn't we? What happened? And, I don't remember opening day last year. Where was it last year? Was it at Wrigley again? Uh, yeah, it was. And I think the, I think MLB is really sticking it to the Brewers on some level. And I don't know if they're really sticking it to us. I think that's just a conspiracy theory by me. Well, but it just I, doesn't I, seem hey, right. Ed, in order, I'll, let me push back. Because I, like, I don't think the Brewers are being victimized here. I think probably other teams in the NFC North feel that way when they have to come play at Lambeau on Sunday night. Right around Christmas. True. It's like That is a venue yeah. that the NFL wants to highlight. 
So the other teams in the division just get stuck playing big games, tough games to win at Lambeau. I think Wrigley's probably kind of the same. Baseball schedule's way different, yeah. right? But I, I think that's yeah. part of having a venue like that in your division is big games, big days you're going to end up playing there. You know, I can tell you the Cubs are really pumped for that. I mean, you saw the juice when the guys are coming off the field, runs, what runs they scored, and their pitcher. They just have more juice. I don't know. Um, they, I think this game means a lot more to Cubs than the Brewers right now. I, I just don't know. I, I don't know what kind of identity this Milwaukee Brewer team is going to be this year because I, I'm having a hard time grabbing my – my head around this. I talk to Gasper all the time, and mm-hmm. I just can't seem to get a feel for what we should look forward to. Because I think a lot of fans are disappointed in management, and I think oh, they're really disappointed oh, yeah. what happened to Hater yet. I think there's a hangover from last year. Oh yeah, and there's a, a world really in do. which this season doesn't go well for the first two or three months, and Matt Arnold yeah. starts looking around and starts thinking yeah. about offers for pitchers. And they start, and again, this is not a, an overreaction. They could have won yesterday, and I'd still feel this way. There is a path that the Brewers could go down this year that involves them trading away midseason a lot of their good players. And I don't know if a lot of Brewers fans are prepared for that. And I don't know if the Brewers are prepared for that. I don't know if the Brewers are prepared to deal with all of the you know what that they'll take from their fans if that happens. Well, I, you know, we all have an inside source and a good feel. And, and you know, Mr. Casper, he, he's not high on certain levels of management. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> you know, I, and, I have um, sources. I was uh, at spring training for a week. I don't know if I told you about it, but if I, I didn't, let me remind you. I was. <laughs> I, was I heard you, man. You were awesome. I missed you. I missed talking to you. Yeah, that sucked. <laughs> we didn't have the phone that week. We didn't get to hear from Eric on I-90 or... Ed Madison, yeah, Mike from Chippewa Falls. Yeah, well, hey, and Dave, and don't forget Mr. Monona. Oh my God, Dave's being such a diva. <laughs> Before I let you go, Ed, I know. you got anything fun going on this weekend? Come on, something interesting. Yes, I do. Ooh. I do, buddy. Um, um, tomorrow, my daughter um, is having a wedding reception. We had a, a a belated wedding reception, so that's my big day tomorrow. Giving away my daughter times two, Dance. two times. Drink, eat, yeah, yeah. that doesn't yeah. sound like any fun at all. Daughter and father and daughter dance. I'm uh, excited. What song? Do you know I the song? I get to do a little speech. Do you know the song? No, they won't tell they won't tell me. It's a surprise. Oh. <laughs> I, need I, I asked today and they go, No, we're not telling you. And I'm like, Okay. I'll fill you in next week. All right, all right. Enjoy. Have a great weekend. I'll, I will. I will, man. You take care. I'm great great hearing hearing your voice. <laughs> you as well, Ed. Nice chat. Thanks for some uh, some great bucks and brewers takes this week. 608-796-2558. Father-daughter dance? Hmm. I'm going to stew. Let's take bets on what the song is. I bet if we get three or four guesses, I'll write them down, and I feel like we could maybe get it. There's a lot of overlap with wedding songs. Ed's father-daughter dance. What song will he be dancing to? We'll talk about that. A little more brewers. We'll get into the Packers as well. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Happy Friday. Fins up. Listen to some Buffett here in a little bit. It's good for the soul. Good for the mind. It's good for everything. 
All goes to the economy. Helps everyone. Hurts no one. Speaking of Biden, uh, he's visiting with Damar Hamlin right now, it looks like. Or Damar Hamlin's clone, based on what you believe and what circle of the internet you belong to. Uh, He says he thinks he'll be able to play football again. I think I speak for most of the country when I say we don't need that. Dude, you... You escaped death once. Maybe let's, maybe let's be on the side. Be a coach. You know, serve your team that way. I don't need to see you take another massive hit. I don't. No, not interested. Uh, I said, hey, what do you think is going to be the song, father daughter dance, uh, that that Ed and Madison will dance to tomorrow night? I got two texts, and they both say the same thing. Look at this. Are we a dialed-in group or what? Including a first-time text. says, Heartland, I loved her first. And Mike from Chippewa Falls says, I loved her first by Heartland. has been played at the last couple weddings I've been to. It's a bit of a tearjerker. Wow. Eric on I-90 is called in. Eric, do you have any wedding commentary? Boy, it's been a long time since I've been to a wedding. The last one was my nephew, and it was a... was a COVID situation, so there was no dance. Oh. Are you a big dancer at a wedding? Line dancer, I bet. I could see you. I could see that. You know, I love to dance. I love to sing, play the guitar. I love to dance. I love it. Really? love to dance. I got to have a few in me, but boy, when I do, it's a scene. Dancing fluid. That's what I like to call it. Dancing fluid, that's exactly what it is. I love that. That's exactly what it is. That Bucks game, I just want to say uh, one word for that was disappointed. Yeah. Disappointed. Yeah. Not great, Eric. It didn't really work out for our guys like we were hoping when we talked last night. Our comments aged very poorly, and it only took about 35 minutes for them to not come true, our predictions and our hopes. Right. It took less than that. I mean, it was over pretty quickly. Yeah. I felt like it was over. Um, I think to end the first quarter and to start the second quarter, if I wrote it down here, and I believe that I did, I'm a little bit scatterbrained today, uh, a 32-9 run. That's what the Celtics went on at the end of the first into the second. So, yes, it, it was over pretty quickly. So, I had, and my wife is a, a much bigger Bucks fan. I mean, I'm a Bucks fan, but she's a huge Bucks fan and a huge oh. Antetokounmpo fan. And I had to say to her, you know, I'm like, listen now, you know, we're not going to have another game like this where the Celtics, everything drops and the Bucks can't hit nothing. Yeah. That's not going to happen. So um, I'm not too upset over it. Here's what's difficult, Eric. It seems to happen when they play the Celtics. A game out of it. Um, I have no doubt about that. Did the Brewers games get faster? Yeah. Did, did these rules help at all? Have we ever, are we monitoring that? Yeah, and I saw some averages yesterday. I mean, the Brewers game took two hours and 21 minutes. That's insane. That, that would be an insane speed of game in the last couple of seasons. But yesterday, it just felt normal, right? Because they cut down on all the downtime. And in a game like yesterday's game, might as well, because nothing was happening. All the runs were scored in one inning. Might as well move that along. That was a boring game. All right, all right, well, we'll just monitor that. I guess I really don't care if the game gets faster or not. <laughs> I don't care. You know, just, you know. you're an intellectual. I really don't care. You're, you're I mean, a sports intellectual. You need to keep these things top of mind. I think we should start offering, like, camel rides in the parking lot because 
you can't. You, a horse wouldn't have enough water in it to get across the parking lot. You'd have to have a camel that could get that far. It's like a desert out there. What, what did you want to say? That could you, be could, you could find Mad Max out there if you drive around long enough? Yeah, yeah, if you, have, yeah, if you drive around long enough, you'll find Mad Max out in the Milwaukee Brewer parking lot. It's so big. But, oh, my God. Well, what do you but, got going on this weekend, Eric? You going down to the district? Yes, I am going down to the district on Sunday. We're going to have a full district day on Sunday. Oh, that's nice. Kind of hang out down there a little bit. Tomorrow, I don't know. Um, you know, these... I like watching, like last weekend, um, I like watching movies I've already seen like three or four times. Okay. Like I like Tombstone. Um, last weekend was awesome. It was clear and present danger. Um, Tombstone, I already said that. Oh, what's another one? Uh, you watch them on Fugitive. You watch them on cable? Yes, they come on on cable, you know. I can't watch the Avengers again. I've watched them too many times. But I was thinking, do you know who? Do you know who uh, one of Kurt Russell's characters, Snake Plissken, is? Have you ever watched Escape from New York or Escape from LA? I have not, but now I feel like I have to. I always keep a list of movies you guys tell me to watch. Well, you have to watch Escape from New York. I mean, so I can't tell the jokes because. If you haven't seen it, you don't know. You've seen Tombstone, right? No, I haven't seen Tombstone. I, I guess I'm just a little confused as to why you would assume I've seen a movie that came out 42 years ago now. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it seemed like a tough needle to thread, and, and it seemed like you were fairly confident that you could thread it, and you're surprised that I haven't seen Escape from New York. I, I would just assume that I, I haven't seen the movie from 1981. That's so true because I'm so much older than you. I really, I guess I... I shouldn't be surprised. I thank you for straightening out on that, Grant. Oh, um, this is the one where Kurt Russell watched, has an eye patch on. This is before he coached the United States hockey team to the Olympics gold medal in Lake Placid. Okay, I understand. Right? Did you did you see that movie? Oh yes, of course. I'm a patriot, so you obviously. You seen that movie? Yeah. Well, and you haven't seen The Godfather yet, and everybody wants you to see The Godfather. Yeah, it's on the list. Right? I'll get there. Maybe I'll watch it this week. I'll come down to the district. I'll meet you on Sunday, and we can watch it together. How does that sound? What movies have you watched, then? Probably a shorter list. Well, you know, you're a sports guy, and you're, you know, right? Because you'll be clicking through, and you'll find sports, and you'll just sit on that, right? Yeah. I'm not a baseball guy, so I can't click through and go, oh, here's a baseball game. I'm going to watch that. I'll... Go to clear and present danger, you know, or something like that. WrestleMania is on this weekend. Oh, I've seen that. How about the hunt for Red Oshober? I've seen that movie. That's Sean Connery, right? Yeah, in the submarine. Yeah, Sean Connery, another good one. All right, well, I probably wasted enough of your valuable radio time now. Uh, It's not that valuable. I just got to complain about Aaron Rodgers, and then we're home free. Week's done. That's all I got left on the. What are you going to complain about now? What are you going to complain about now? What's well, there left to complain about? Well, this is a great tease. I'll, I'll I'll get done with talking with you, and then we'll take a break, and people will wonder over the commercial break what it is I have to complain about. I can't. What it now, is? Let's well. hear what it is. Hear right. what it is. All right. Have a great weekend, Grant. You as well, Eric. Thank you. Uh, I have seen Sky High. If we want to talk about other Kurt Russell movies, what else has Kurt Russell been in? I'm trying to think. Miracle. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to click on him. Snake. 
Pliskin. What an awesome name. Hateful Eight, I did see that. I don't remember Kurt Russell being in it. The Thing, Big Trouble in Little China is a great name for a movie. I don't know anything about that movie, but that's a killer name. Let's take a five-minute break. We'll come back talk Aaron Rodgers next. I got some things to complain about. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. You never miss a Friday show. Fins up as well and cheers on almost making it to the weekend. We're going to get to Tony in Texas here in a sec. Tony, sorry to make you wait. I just got to complain about one thing before we chat, and then I complain about the Packers. Uh, The Milwaukee Brewers have sent a tweet with a graphic highlighting the continuation of the I-94 series between the Brewers and the Cubs. Brewers and the Cubs are a rivalry. It's all great. I have nothing against the Brewers hyping up the series and promoting it. We need to quit with the I-94 stuff. Every team wants to Oh, Marquette and Madison. It's the I-94 rivalry. The, the Cubs and the Brewers. It's the I-94. There's one official sports rivalry that invokes that interstate. And it's the war on 94 between UW-Stout and UW-Eau Claire. The rest of this is just corporate fluff. Don't buy into it. Don't believe it. It's not real. Okay? Imagine if we just, just used a road in every bet. No, then nothing would be sacred. It's the war on 94 between Stout and Eau Claire. The rest of it is just corporate fluff. Do not buy into it for a sec. All right, now we can talk to Tony in Texas. Hello, Tony. Welcome. Hey, Grant, I totally agree. The I-94 series or whatever they want to call it, rivalry, just squash it. It's so stupid. I hated when the Mavs and the Rockets would do it, I-45. Then we got the Spurs and the Mavs, I-35. It's just so dumb. What's 45 and and 35 down there in Texas? Are those those good cruisable roads? I love 94, personally. Yeah, well, I do too, but we don't. It just it is what it is. It's a good, damn good rivalry. I think over the years, it's been good. I'm not a big Brewer National League guy. I like the American League. I like we used to play the White Sox and the Twins. Oh. But you know what? It is what it is. I've gotten accustomed to it. But I do want to comment on the the gentleman that called in about movies that he's familiar with and he watches <laughs> yeah. on cable. I'm the same guy. I, I, I totally agree with that guy. I got a few of them on the DVR. I'll come home at the bar, after bar time, and I'll just put those things on. It makes me laugh. The Hangover or whatever. This is the end. That's a funny one. I don't know if you've seen that one before. Yeah. Just you know, just put the movies on. Put you in a good mood. has issued a severe thunderstorm warning for southwestern La Crosse County in west-central Wisconsin until 6 p.m. At 5.39 p.m., a severe thunderstorm was located near La Crosse, moving north at 40 miles per hour. Expected hazards include quarter-size hail. This is a radar-indicated threat. The following impacts are expected. Damage to vehicles is expected. This severe thunderstorm will be near French Island and La Crosse Airport around 5.50 p.m. On Alaska around 5.55 p.m. Other locations impacted by the severe thunderstorm include Mount La Crosse, Irish Hill, north side of La Crosse, south side of La Crosse, Goose Island, and the Valley View Mall. 
This includes Interstate 90 in Wisconsin between mile markers 1 and 4. For your protection, move to an interior room on the lowest floor of a building. Repeating, a severe thunderstorm warning has been issued until 6 p.m. for the following county, La Crosse, Wisconsin. It's the game. That's not a game that the Bucks were supposed to win. The second time they played them, no one played. So that's a weird game. I can't take that seriously. I think there was a lot of intrigue, and then Celtics rested everybody. So, I don't know. The game was just kind of flat, and it ended up being a great game. But I just, I don't know. It's hard for me to make a trend out of these three games because I they're think, all so Grant, bizarre. I think, you're, I think you're overlooking that last game. It gave the Celtics confidence that their B team, even C team, could hang around with our starters. Yeah. I think you're overlooking that. It, it, I think you are. you got to look at that a little bit closer. You could be, you could be right. You could be right. It's just, I, I don't know. We, we did that in, in year one and two with Budenholzer when Giannis or Chris would sit out and we'd be like, right. I don't know, pick a name. Like, oh, George Hill was so great. And then we'd get to the playoffs and George Hill were mad about him. So I, I get it. Depth is fun and it's fun and it, and it makes the regular season entertaining. I just, I, I don't know if I agree with you on that. And that's fine. We'll see. We'll see. Hey, I, I think they could still do it. I'm not giving up on the season, obviously. But if they go against Philly, I think on Saturday they play, if they show up flat and lose that game, I'm going to be a little concerned because now we're down to a one a one game lead for home home court, and I don't I don't know if the Bucks can go into Boston and win in, in seven. I don't think they can. I don't think I really don't. the home court matters as much as the difference between playing Cleveland in the second round, probably, and Philly right. or Boston in the second. That's massive. Like game seven at home. Okay, whatever. The Bucks have gone on the road and won game seven. Boston went on the road and won in Milwaukee in game six last year in an opportunity the Bucks had to close it out. So home court is great. I, to me, I don't want to play Philly or Boston until the conference finals. That's why this one yeah, is super valuable. I'm with you, but I will say this about the Cavaliers. They could be sneaky tough. I'm with they're, you. Uh, Allen, they're, just, they're just not in beat in the Sixers. Right, but Jared Allen and Evan Mobley could give Giannis some trouble. It would not be as easy of a series as you think, but... Yes, we got to get home court so we, we don't have to play both of them. So, and Grant, I got to ask you this. I think we've talked before. Have you not been to Margaritaville, Vegas? Las Vegas. Oh, man, you're missing out. I kind of want to go. So, the show went to spring training, Tony. And we'll, we'll workshop this on air because this is a team effort, this show that's done every night. I'm trying to come up with a scheme in which I could convince my bosses to go to NBA Summer League this year. I just don't see a way that I can make it work. They're like, so you want to go watch Summer League? I'm like, yeah, because I could cover the, like, what am I going to, what's the reasoning? What, you know what I mean? What? How do I pitch that to my boss? Like, yeah, send me to Vegas to watch a bunch of G-leaguers and, and rookies play. There's no meat on the bone for them. Yeah, uh, you got you got to try to finagle that. I heard you're a great middleman. Our, our guy, Cone Roller, told me that. I say that to you. First of all, this is ridiculous. Cone, Cone is bringing something to the show that's needed. I need callers that push back and argue, right? Because we got our Mike and Eau Claire's, our Dave from Middleton's, a lot of polite callers who just call in and, yeah, I love the show. I like. We need a little combat as well. So I think Cone's trying to, you know, squeak in with that angle. It's just tough because, you know, Cone has good takes and I have good takes. It's just hard for us to disagree. I see. Well, you guys are great basketball and baseball and football minds, so... No uh, Grant, have a great weekend. Uh, I got a little AU basketball going on this weekend, so I'll be pretty busy. But I'm going down to, to Houston after my game. going to watch the Final Four. 
So it should be a fun weekend. Hell yeah. Have a good one, Tony. We'll talk soon, I'm sure. All right, bud. See you later. Tony from Texas. Some good commentary on highways. Uh, and again, to, to reiterate, there is one official rivalry that invokes Interstate 94, and it's the war on 94 between UW-Stout and UW-Eau Claire. That's it. Marquette and, and UW-Madison? No. Nuh-uh. That doesn't count. The Brewers and the Cubs? No. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Not, it's, not a, it's not a rivalry. It is a rivalry. It's not, we don't need to label it the, 90, the war on 90, the I-94 series. I don't like it. It's forced. We call it the toll booth series. You know, maybe something dumb like that. Brewers go to the bean. I, I don't know. I don't work in PR. This isn't my job. I'll just tell you how not to do your job and then not offer any constructive criticisms. That's how I will assist today uh, the Brewers PR team and their social media department. And that's today's tailgate tip. And that's today's tailgate tip. Packers. I've only been teasing this since 4 o'clock. I'm a little frustrated. And I, and I got to give a PSA, a public service announcement to Packers fans who are listening. Owners, like myself. Because I, I, I have a feeling this weekend you're going to go to a bar... Maybe you're going to get together with your family. You're going to see your in-laws. Uh, maybe see your, your, your parents. You're going to see somebody this weekend, right? It's that time of year where we start a family gatherings. Easter's around the corner. It starts getting nicer outside. We sit outside on the patio. You know, we get together. Right? Winter's ending. It's exciting. So we're going to start seeing friends and family. And I guarantee you're going to go to the bar this weekend to see somebody. You're going to go to somebody's house. And you're going to make small talk. You say, hey, well, when do you think Rodgers gets traded? Or, you know, what do you think the Packers will get for Rodgers? I've had this conversation a million times now, okay? With every friend, with every family member. I don't know what picks Brian Gutekinds and Joe Douglas are working with. I don't know. I have no clue. I don't know. I can tell you what I do know. I do know that we're all making this way harder than it needs to be. I know Brian Gutekinds and Joe Douglas are. I know the Packer fans are making this way harder than it needs to be. I'll give you an example. I was with a friend last night, and I love this friend dearly. He might even be listening right now. He listens to the show sometimes, right? Hanging out last night, and we get to talk and shop as men do. Right? We're talking about the draft. We're talking about the Packers, and we're kicking around Rogers' trade possibilities. And this friend goes to me, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember what he said because it went over my head, and I, I, don't, I don't care, which is the whole point. He said, I got it. The Jets give us 42 and 43, and then we swap 112 with 78, and then a pick next year will be a conditional. It'll turn to a first if this. It'll be a second if that, blah, 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 blah. No. 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 This doesn't need to be this hard, okay? For everything I read, Mike Florio, pro football talk. I'm reading his blogs. I got a paragraph explaining how this pick could turn to this, and this pick will be swapped with this pick, and it'll, two years down the line, become this. This isn't what we need, okay? We're trading a player for picks. This doesn't need to be this hard. I could negotiate 95% of this deal, and I'm an idiot. Right, get me in a room with them. I'd say, Mr. Douglas, hello. Good afternoon. How are you, Mr. Gutekunst? <laughs> Fellow UWL Eagle. Obviously, big fan of your work, and and your educational background. I won't let that impact my, my role in these proceedings, but just so you know, tip of the cap. And I'd say, well, gentlemen, I've got great news for you both. Uh, Mr. Douglas would like to acquire Mr. Aaron Rodgers in a trade, and Mr. Gutekunst over here would like to trade Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. So we're all thinking along the same lines. We're 99% of the way there already. We just got to kick this little bastard across the finish line, all right? What do you say? 
You have a couple of picks. You have two in the first round. You've said that your your first round pick, that number 13, is off the board, Mr. Douglas. Is that correct? And you have no interest in any form or fashion of trading that pick? Okay. Well, I don't see why we need to squabble about it. You've got plenty of other picks that I'd love to have. Let's start with two second round picks. What do you think about that? Goodikins would say, oh, that sounds nice. Two, two second round picks. You could use those to move around, trade up. Now, all of a sudden, we got three picks in the second round. One pick in the first round. This is looking like some nice draft capital for the Green Bay Packers. All right, Mr. Douglas, what do you think about that? Two second round picks. You keep your first. You can use that on a, on a tackle or maybe another weapon for Aaron Rodgers or an edge rusher. Use it as you wish. I could give a damn. You're in the AFC. That's why we're shipping this crackpot of a quarterback over to you. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? Two seconds. What do you say, Mr. Douglas? Oh, you need a little bit. I don't know. I, I, he's a great quarterback. He's won multiple MVPs. You're kind of a poverty franchise. You don't have a ton of job security. I think you're going to give us the two seconds. All right. Does that sound good? Two second round picks for Aaron Rodgers? Well, if you need a little something, we'll, we'll throw you fifth. But if we're throwing you something, we need something just next year a little bit. Let's say uh, a third-round pick switches to a second. You know what? That's too complicated. I don't even like that. You give us two seconds, we'll give you a sixth. How's that sound? Yeah, beautiful. Call it good. Don't even worry about next year. Don't even think about next year. It doesn't matter. This doesn't need to be that hard. This does not need to be that hard. We don't need to take conditions and, 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 and repercussions and all sorts of logistical fluffy-fluff words that I'm not really sure what they mean, but I'm a good BSer, so I'll use them. You know, uh, legislation and, uh, and, and, and jury and all sorts of courtroom words. I don't know why I went to the courtroom. This is just a, a trade that we're doing. It doesn't need to be that hard. We're making this way harder than it needs to be. Devontae Adams went for a one and a two. Easy. Not that hard. Well, Grant, Rodgers is a complicated fella. The deal needs to be more nuanced. That's the Jets' problem now. The Jets can deal with the nuance, okay? That's the price you pay for drafting Sam Darnold and Zach Wilson. In the top five. Sorry. You get to deal with Aaron Rodgers, who's a little weird. Sorry. If you don't like it, you shouldn't have drafted Sam Darnold. You shouldn't have drafted Zach Wilson. That's not my problem. That's not my problem. I'm trading him to you. He's your problem now. Give me two seconds. If you don't want to part with the first, give me two seconds. We'll call it a day. This doesn't need to be hard. Yeah. It's trade conversations really starting to annoy, which is a quote from uh, Ben Gates, a national treasure. And to tie this all together, that is my favorite movie to watch on cable, to go all the way back to Eric on I-90's call, which then Tony in Texas built on, which now I am finishing. And that's today's tailgate tip. Let's take a three-minute break. We'll come back with a little Jimmy Buffett because it is Friday. Fins up. We'll wrap up the Wisco Sports Show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. It is Friday. Looking forward to a good weekend. Buck Sixers tomorrow night. I'm going to be at a concert. Uh, it's the same act in a different venue, but the same act that I was at last year on the opening night of the NFL draft. I really wish this act would, uh, you know, a little bit more friendly scheduling towards us sports radio hosts. Yeah, I missed night one of the NFL draft last year, which is fine. It's not like the draft is my Super Bowl. I'm not that big of a draft fan. But the Bucks had, or the Packers, rather, had two first-round picks. I would have liked to see it. 
I will miss Buck Sixers tomorrow night for a concert. I regret nothing. Oh, wait, it's on Sunday. Sunday night. Eric on I-90 lied to me. Why did I listen? Eric. They play Sunday night, so I'll be good. Although WrestleMania is on on Sunday night. By the way, I, uh, I like Austin Theory, and I like Roman Reigns. If we're doing WWE picks. I don't know anything about WWE. I just saw a tweet. Uh, people who do like WWE, that's what they were saying. So that's my, my picks for the weekend. If you wanted to place any wagers on WWE, if such a thing even exists, I don't know. Uh, text from Neil and Trempolo, who said, The obvious father-daughter dance is Heartland. I loved her first. For mother's son, it's Leonard Skinner's Simple Man. I've never been to a wedding where that's been the mother-son dance. Not hating. That's not where my mind went. Says, these youngsters seem to like the shine down rock version of Simple Man, though. I should know. I DJ weddings. Oh, Neil. Well, listen to this guy. Well, he would know. He DJs weddings. Yeah, the kids do like the shine down version. It's understandable. Rainbow Connection for father-daughter dance. Interesting. So we have Rainbow Connection, Daddy's Hands by the Judds. Uh, the Judds. I just remember in my house, uh, we grew up with the song, uh, was it Grandpa. Because it would always play on the classic country station we'd listen to. Which is funny because you listen to a classic country station to like not hear the same songs all the time. But they get you anyways. I work in radio. I know how this stuff works. I was your grandpa. Tell me about the good old days. Tell me about the good old days. When (laughs) I was going to say when when the attitude era was alive and well in wrestling. That's a callback to Simpsons call in the first hour of the show. This show's just working on so many levels, or flopping on so many levels. I can't tell. And that's today's tailgate tip. Snappy Tom. We'll wrap up with this. I think this is an interesting thought. Says, Grant, I actually think last night's loss was a good thing for the Bucks. Happened in the regular season. Should put some fire in their belly. I think they're still getting the number one. Okay, I still think they're getting the number one, too. I think it will put a fire in their belly, because that's the way they're wired. I still would have preferred them to win, because I think this team is going to be motivated and and coming out ready to go regardless. I don't think they need to lose to be intense and be locked in. It's a nice, I guess, thing to say when you lose. I'd rather win, though. I don't know if it's a good thing, but there are positives. You can always find positives in everything. Buck Sixers Sunday night. WrestleMania for those who partake. And Brewers-Cubs. It's just the Brewers-Cubs. It's not the I-94 rivalry. That's reserved first out in Eau Claire. Have a great you Monday of four. Sure make a, a bar from Mississippi feel right at home.